and you're very welcome to The Farming Week, the new podcast from AgriLand that'll keep you up to date every week on all the big stories from Irish agriculture in 20 minutes or less. I'm Ashling O'Brien and I'm also joined by AgriLand journalist Megan O'Brien as we run through the top stories that AgriLand readers have been discussing this week. And Megan, we're going to begin with the topic of rural crime. Yeah, so this really is very serious, Ashling. Um, there's been a number of incidents now uh, of these gangs coming across farmlands, um, trespassing, really. And they claim a lot of the time that they're there hunting hares. But there really is fears that that's not it. And I suppose those fears were really validated um, in a recent incident when a farmer came across a gang on his land. And it was actually quite chilling. They spoke to him about how much land he has. And then they actually asked him, do you want to pick a site on the property for your burial ground? Um, so really so chilling there. They asked there. the farmer where he wants to be buried on his own land. They actually said to him, yeah, do you want to choose a spot um, where you'd like to be buried on your land? So, I mean, that's obviously very serious. Uh, it's very chilling. That's extremely intimidating to be um, asked something like that on your own property. Um, you know, it's his right to walk around his property and farm it as he would like. He shouldn't be intimidated like that. So it really is very serious. And it's not an isolated incident either, Ashling. And that's the worrying thing about it. Um, so we had the chair of the Irish Creamery Milk Suppliers Association, um, John Bateman, say that uh, tools, light pumps, uh, metal gates and all things like that have all been stolen um, and, and you know the Gardaí are involved here but he's really calling for more action from them on this. So the implication is here that you know gangs are out there lamping rabbits or whatever the, the colloquial term may be uh, illegally because you're not meant to be out doing that and also you're trespassing on somebody's lands and the implication here from John Bateman is that they're actually scouting out the, the property and then perhaps maybe coming back later to, to steal, as you said, items like gates, power tools, different things like that. And he said that this is in a particular area in Limerick. But um, I mean, this isn't an isolated incident because he actually has been told from other people around the country that uh, this is something that we see repeated elsewhere. Certainly. I mean, uh, so much so that he wrote a letter to the local paper, the Limerick Leader, and he said the response he received after that was um, res really resounded with people. The letter did. I mean, he got reports of it happening widespread across the country. And so, you know, it has been happening around the local areas and actually quite close to Limerick City as well. But clearly this is a problem across Ireland. So, um, yeah, it's really it's really becoming an issue now and it's certainly not unique to Limerick. And John Bateman is saying as well, Megan, that the fear is here that somebody could get seriously hurt, whether that's somebody trespassing on the land or a farmer themselves. And he's calling for the guards to intervene here and, and to do a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. You're dead right there, Ashling. He has called on the Gardaí who are involved and there, there is an, certainly an investigation underway, but he has called on them to do more. Um, the incidents are becoming more and more prevalent and there's been a number of quite chilling instances now. So um, he's really asking for more action from the Guardian for them to take it more seriously. And, you know, there's been reports that farmers are scared in their own homes and scared on their own properties. We're coming into winter now, you know, darker evenings and things like that. And um, maybe harder to spot gangs trespassing and things like that. So, yeah, it, he's saying that the Guardian really need to step up now and take more action. 
Yeah, and uh, John Bateman clearly outlining there that this is something that we're seeing across the country, not unique to Limerick by any stretch of the imagination. And it's something we'd like to hear your thoughts on as well. You can use the hashtag The Farming Week on our social media channels uh, to get in touch with us here on the podcast. And we're going to stay with rural crime, Megan, because Agriland also reported this week about the theft of high value heifers uh, from a field in County Roscommon. Yeah, so that was a very sad um, event, actually. So there was 25 high EBI Frisian in-calf heifers um, on a farm in Roscommon, and seven of them were stolen. Um, It was obviously very upsetting for the farmer involved there. You know, they're valuable animals, but of course the farmer is concerned for the the cows themselves, you know, their welfare and things like that. And, you know, I suppose it's interesting to look at the geographical location because... um, this happened well it's believed that this happened somewhere between the evening and the early morning and uh, the farmer you know noticed tracks when he came out the next morning and if you look at where this farmer is based he's actually right off the m6 motorway there so as he said himself they really could be anywhere by now you know um and and it is very upsetting and of course he would be quite a loss over the theft of those 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 cows Yeah, financially, of course, as well, as you say, rightly, the welfare of these animals, because the fear is, Megan, that these animals could have been stolen to order because they're a very specific type of animal, an in-calf dairy heifer. And obviously that they're very high value, high EBI, very, very well bred animals. There'll be a cost, a significant cost to end to to replace these animals now. And just very, very disappointing that this happened. And uh, look, I suppose that the guards are involved, Megan, and they're looking for anybody who's any information on the whereabouts of these animals to contact them. Yeah, they they sure are. And listen, if you feel you might have seen something uh, late at night or early in the morning, if you're a local and you you feel reluctant to come forward, you know, you can make a statement confidentially. So the Gardaí have said you can contact them on their confidential line as well. So it's, it's good to bear that in mind, you know. Absolutely. And uh, look, we hope that uh, Endodoran um, from Kilbegley gets his animals back sooner rather than later, or at least get some information uh, on the, the theft. Uh, really sad situation there. Uh, Megan, we're going to move on to the Common Agricultural Policy, the CAP Strategic Plan. Um, it was resubmitted to the European Commission back in July. We reported that in July, but more details are now emerging about that strategic plan. Uh, it's been revised uh, on request of the European Commission and there is a refocusing of the dairy beef welfare scheme. Uh, What have we learned this week about that? Yeah, so obviously the cap, you know, was resubmitted there and uh, the plan that was resubmitted would have followed up on a number of observations that were came out in a letter from from the European Commission. So Really, when it comes to the dairy beef welfare scheme, we have um, some changes now that we're really focused on keeping the calves on the island. And when I say on the island, I mean in Ireland and not exporting them. Um, it's it's stated in that that it's preferred for their welfare. Um, so we have had kind of discussions over the past, you know, there's always been discussions, I suppose, on um, the laws and the regulations around the exportation of live animals and really they've come out with this now and said, you know, it is preferred that the calves are kept on the island. So we have um, a focus on the use of high dairy beef index bulls so that the calves, you know, will be, um, I suppose, more easily integrated into the beef production system in Ireland. Um, so and also we, we've seen in this that there is the removal of the weight restriction measure. So or the weighing 
measure rather. Um, and so there is some significant changes in there. I suppose the one thing that has remained the same is if you look at the payment rates, they are actually unchanged. So we still see we still see a payment of 20 euro uh, with the maximum eligible uh, number of calves per holding is at 40. So really you're looking at a maximum payment of 800 euro there. So some changes, but then when it comes down to the finances of it all, you're still the same. Yes, Megan, very interesting that they've included the issue of live exports in the revised CAP strategic plan and a new paragraph also added under a different scheme. That's the Suckler Carbon Efficiency Programme, and that's in order to link the aims of the two schemes together. And applicants to the scheme will now use high DBI artificial insemination for breeding dairy beef calves and all beef AI SARS must have a minimum DBI of three stars. Yeah, that's that's particularly interesting in the uh, resubmission as well. So there is kind of two significant changes there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see now kind of what comes next. And um, yeah, some changes, but some things staying the same. Okay, Megan, up next, uh, we're going to turn our attention to a formal complaint which was lodged with the Irish Farmers Association IFA headquarters in relation to the Kerry County Executive. Now, Agriland previously reported that this complaint was lodged back in July. However, the exact nature of that complaint and who actually lodged it haven't been confirmed. Uh, headquarters confirming the complaint has been lodged, but they are remaining tight-lipped, saying no further comment will be made until the matter is concluded. And the story moved on quite significantly this week, Megan, uh, with the resignation of Kerry IFA Vice Chair John Joe Fitzgerald. Yeah, so we saw John Joe Fitzgerald uh, stepping down there. Now, interestingly enough, uh, given the complaint, although the nature of it may be vague, he did say that he was stepping down due to medical reasons. And he alluded that those medical reasons were connected to the stress that has been caused um, through this whole saga, if you will. And um, look, he stepped down and it is quite a significant resignation. He also has stepped down from another position. He's involved with the Sheep Committee as well. So the resignation will affect that position as well. Um, now, we have an interesting, although it is vague and we don't know the exact nature, as you said yourself, we do have an interesting development as well in that an external consultant has been brought in to investigate this. So we've seen the appointment of Jared Dollard, who is actually, he's a former CEO of um, Greyhound Racing Ireland, and he was involved with Clare County Council previously as well. Now, he's going to be coming in and um you know, kind of, uh, I suppose, coordinating an investigation into this. And, you know, he will compile findings and submit a report then that'll be submitted to the National Rules, Privileges and Procedures Committee, who will consider the matter and then, I suppose, take further action if they deem it necessary. But going back to John Joe Fitzgerald, he's not happy at all about this. So um, there's been a bit of a fuss kicked up, I suppose, over the fact that the management of this was outsourced. Um, so there's been things mentioned about uh, personal details being handed out to this consultant, um, perhaps without consent. And um, I believe the term outrageous uh, was used to describe the fact that um, the process has been outsourced. So I suppose the IFA are trying to take action on this, but at the same time, not everybody's happy about it. Yeah, and I know that Agriland did contact the chair of Kerry IFA, Kenny Jones, as well. He said he'd no comment to make on the complaint, uh, but he did say that the work of the Kerry County Executive is ongoing. Now, I know some members of the Kerry County Executive would uh, dispute that and they have very... Uh, 
I suppose, legitimate concerns and their view of the holding of meetings in the county as well. Uh, Megan, I understand as well, uh, John Joe Fitzgerald was not the only person who was contacted in relation to this complaint who made a public statement on the matter this week. No, he wasn't. So several people involved were contacted in relation to the complaint. But the other one who's come out and spoke about his role is Michael O'Dowd. So he is subject to the complaint, although we don't have any idea really about what that complaint is exactly. But he has come out and said um, he has no notion of stepping down. Now, he's in a six year term and that is due to finish up at the end of this year. Um, But I suppose it will be... um, You know, there will be a question mark on what will happen then. But for the time being, um, he certainly seems to have no intentions of stepping down, not uh, not willingly anyway. Um, So I suppose things will have to progress on the investigation into the complaint and um, we'll see what happens then. But he has made a public statement that he won't be um, resigning anytime soon. And Megan, you were saying as well, John Joe Fitzgerald's reaction to the handling of this complaint, he described it as shameful and disgusting on behalf of the the IFA. Uh, He said that he'd nothing to be ashamed of uh, in stepping down. And as you mentioned, it was uh, on medical grounds due to, to stress. Yeah, you're you're spot on there, Ashling. He did. He called it outrageous. He said it beggared belief that things would things like this would be outsourced to an external consultant. Um, he said he has no regrets, and uh, he certainly doesn't seem to believe that he has anything to be ashamed of. Um, obviously, we don't know the nature of the complaint, as we've mentioned a couple of times. But um, based on on what uh, John Joe Fitzgerald has to say, it certainly in his eyes doesn't seem to be anything to do um to do with him or he certainly doesn't seem to be at fault for it um but yeah i suppose we'll have to kind of see where things go um but for now we do we have one resignation so far yeah absolutely and just i suppose sad for everybody involved in in the county that it's it's come to this and uh, look we'll see what comes out in the the coming weeks uh, our understanding is that that uh, complaint is going to be dealt with by Jared Dollard in the coming weeks and that report will be handed into the rules and privileges committee and uh, we'll see where it goes from there next up megan we're off to county cavan uh, a poignant story this week by our colleague Brefney O'Brien the closure of a farm shop where i think you could buy just about any Anything, judging from the pictures that are on Agriland. I mean, this is poignant is one word. I think bittersweet nearly is another that you could use in this instance. I think even though it's sad because the closure of the shop is to do with the passing of the owners, but it's nearly such a lovely story at the same time. So it's described as a famous old farm and hardware supply shop in County Cabin. So yeah, up our uh, up the neck of the woods of our colleague Brefney. And um, it is the contents are sadly due to be auctioned off online, I suppose. Uh, the shop seems to by all accounts be known known extremely well as somewhere where you could get anything I believe the uh, they use the term emporium at one point and <laughs> it seems that if you couldn't get something anywhere in the country all you had to do was come back to cabin because you'd surely find it in this spot um, but yeah so Bally James Duff's Mart manager John Teblin said um, said that the Mart had been instructed to host a clearance sale on behalf of the the relatives um, of the late John McKiernan. So he seems to have been the manager of the shop there in Cavan. And, and that from what Brefney had uh, told us in the article that he was born in the house beside the shop in 1924 and then spent 90 years of his life there until he passed away on December 3rd, 2014. And uh, just incredible, the, the dedication. 
It really is, I suppose, uh, 90 years there, you know, that spans a number of generations. And I'm sure he had seen so many things change. I suppose you he probably set up in a time of individual, you know, you had your butcher, your baker, your uh, candlestick maker, to continue the pun. <laughs> but, um, you know, and then we see kind of the rise of supermarkets and superstores. And now you can nearly get anything um, in, in the likes of Tesco or wherever it may be. But, uh, you know, he, he clearly took that on board while staying small and local and you could get absolutely everything in this one spot um so he really seems to have been a character and i'm sure it is going to be a loss to the community i'm sure the community is feeling it there but you know it's, it's sad but it seems to be kind of bittersweet and a, a joyful story at the end megan can you tell us some about some of the lots that uh, are on offer yeah, so there will be almost 2,000 lots, actually, Ashling, And I mean, there's literally going to be everything from a tub of gold paint to a 1965 Massey Ferguson 35 tractor. And believe it or not, Ashling, that tractor itself actually has the original tax book on it. And uh, John McKiernan was the sole owner of that. So I've no doubt that's going to be uh, an item that has a lot of interest at the auction itself. Um, so there's Incredible. also two forklifts. Um, there's a Ford Focus car that uh, it's noted that it has low mileage and um, we come into some smaller items then things like nails screws bolts and um, taps chains tools we have a toilet in there <laughs> we have a bath in there um so there, there, there's really items. anything you could possibly need <laughs> anything you could need now ashling you need to get yourself up there now because uh might be at the other end of the country to you but it's here apparently it's going to be worth it <laughs> Well, I think by all accounts, I can be down here in Kerry, but uh, from what I see from Breffney's article, you can go on to the Mart Eye app and you can have a look at all these lots as well. Uh, wh- when is the auction taking place, Megan? The auction is taking place on Tuesday, August 30th. So not long now. Um, there'll also be another auction on Wednesday, August 31st. And each day that's going to kick off at half past 12 in the afternoon. And as as you said there, Ashling, you're spot on. Everything, all the lots, all the items can be seen on the Marti app. So I suppose you can take a look in advance. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a good turnout um, for a lovely man and uh, his lovely supplies. Absolutely. Well, Megan, thank you so much for that. That's all we have time for on this week's episode of The Farming Week. Don't forget to rate, review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from and visit agriland.ie for the latest on Irish agriculture. For now, from myself, Ashling O'Brien and Megan O'Brien, it's goodbye and take care. <laughs>